This is WFHB's Looming Out, your weekly update on issues in the LGBTQIA community with your hosts, Melanie, Ireland, and Justin. Are you so fine? Blooming Out is produced by Ireland Meacham and Melanie Davis with executive producer Kyria Greenberg. Tune in every Thursday night at 6 p.m. to hear the discussion from local LGBTQIA voices. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Before we get into our show, let's catch up with the Blooming Out crew. Ireland, how has your week been? Oh, I feel like I have nothing new to contribute every week. (laughs) I'm just like, same old, same old, but it's true. Just working on homework and um, trying to get my... I was telling Lucas about my stressful class earlier that um, the teacher is just like really intense. Mm. And the subject material is really good but it's a gender studies class but she's just like she's got a lot of rules and so it's it's hard to keep up but cool what is do you, oh you shouldn't say that i shouldn't say okay. <laughs> i was but at yeah. a panel discussion uh this weekend with oh. uh, and there was a gender studies professor and she was like really awesome oh nice and i was like i want to audit your courses i have no time <laughs> can, you, can you just podcast those that'd be awesome yeah that would be. I you probably wouldn't go for that. No, probably not. <laughs> what about you, Lucas? Um, I don't have a whole lot going on either. Uh, my Dropbox account is closing unless I take action because I haven't used it in a year. Um, <laughs> that's that's about it. Fascinating. And that's Lucas's week. Yep, that's my that's my How's week. How's your new job? Um, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's uh, it's really hot in there. Yeah. Um, so my arms getting kind of tired. No. Yeah. Well, not no. that song. Not well. Yeah. Well, but I mean, no. you know, you no one's taking off their clothes. They, you. I will say, like, are transferring porn to that. That is correct. Digital. Yeah. yeah. Format. And there's so much of it. There's yeah. so much of it. It's it's awesome. Oh, I um, do have something new. I uh, came out to my family's non-binary this week. Yeah. And I use they/them pronouns now, just so all you listeners know. Um, for when you run into me on the street, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's on your, awesome. I- your That's Instagram. It's on uh, my Instagram. Inst- Insta LinkedIn. Yeah, bio. my mom found out because she saw my Instagram bio, and I have they them pronouns on my Instagram bio, and asked me about it. And she goes, "Are you a they?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed." <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Thank you. And so, yeah, they're they are accepting. And yeah, all they're that. really great. They are. I am incredibly lucky. Like my parents both have been great about all my multiple coming outs because it it never ends. You just come out all the time. Oh yeah. And <laughs> yeah, but so this is just another round of that. But they they're amazing. My parents are great. Oh yeah, that's lovely. See, yeah. that's good, good news. Good yeah, news is good. good. There right? is good in the world. There everyone. is good in the world. Somewhere. And now to all the depressing news. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. We can jump into that. Well, let's talk about your week. Oh, yeah. No, it's been very busy. I'm actually feeling kind of uh, really lethargic uh, for the past couple of days. I just can't move. It might be because it's October, so it's my season. But it's yeah. also um, 90 degrees out. So yeah, that's not LGBTQ month. History oh, month. Oh, yeah. History yeah. month. History month, yeah. yes. You just told me that before I did. the show. So yeah. That's how I know. 
<laughs> no, it's good to bring up. Um, so yes, it is LGBTQ History Month, and uh, that is we should have a show on that. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll at some point this month we'll dedicate a show to. I was about that. just contacted by somebody at IU who's doing um, a LGBTQ history project, mm-hmm. and so that might be an excellent uh, episode to have. Awesome, bring yeah. them on and. Have that would them be do great. Their, uh, presentation. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get into <laughs> the news? All right. Let's do that. <laughs> um, Ireland, do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, I'll start us off. Um, so this is an ongoing story. We've talked about it on the show before, but um, there's a new development. So a teacher at West Point High School in Virginia was fired for refusing to use a transgender student's correct pronouns. Um, the teacher, Peter Vlaming, uh, mm-hmm like flaming but with a v was suspended for insubordination and later fired for repeatedly ignoring his boss's orders to use the students correct pronouns uh flaming is now suing the school uh the school district officials for lost wages as well as quote loss of reputation pain suffering and emotional distress Mm, and when i was reading that i was just like how do you think the student feels right you know um but he cites his religious beliefs in the lawsuit and the lawsuit says quote and Get ready. Buckle in, people. Uh, Mr. Vlaming's conscience and religious practice prohibits him from intentionally lying, and he sincerely believes that referring to a female as a male by using an objectively male pronoun is telling a lie, which is a lot to unpack. Um, Did you even talk to a lawyer? Yeah, right? I don't know. But uh, his firing (laughs) led to petitions um, as well as a student walkout in support of him. and this was a while back, but students held signs saying, quote, men are men and women are women and, quote, facts don't care about your feelings, which is horrible. But it's Virginia. Um, yeah. And I, I in the article I was reading about this, they included a quote from the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee's Lesbian, Gay, Gen- Bisexual, Transgender Resource Center. And I thought it was a good quote. So I included it here. Um, it is a privilege to not have to worry about which pronoun someone is going to use for you based on how they perceive your gender. If you have this privilege yet fail to respect someone else's gender identity, it is not only disrespectful and hurtful, but also oppressive, which I thought was a good response to his argument in his lawsuit, which is just Uh, it's it Well, it's dismissive of 30 years of facts. Yeah, yeah. And just common decency. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's where we're going, right? This is how the whole religious freedom thing is is really kind of uh, um, flaring up right now. And uh, we're going to hear a lot more stories like this. Mm-hmm. I really wonder how the courts are going to start to see it. Um, Me too. Because that's, it's, not, it's not healthy for the students. It's dangerous uh, to dehumanize them mm-hmm. in such a way and, and it leads to bullying and other discrimination and right yeah yeah and and the students feel the other students feel justified right when you know well the teacher is not going to do it neither am i mm-hmm. yeah we've all been in high school right yeah and uh there's some people who will take advantage of situations to um to support their meanness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, the bullying thing is big, and and then it, in Tennessee, uh, just reared its its ugly head too, right? Yeah, 
that is it's tragic so if you didn't know there was a a, a 16 year old Channing Smith in Tennessee uh, in Coffee County and he had committed suicide on uh, on or near September 22nd um, his stepbrother found him mm-hmm. uh, and then tried to look through and find what the cause was and he found that um, his uh, brother had been outed and at school and had been uh, bullied mm. um, online and just couldn't take that and and you know Tennessee has some weird laws for their students and uh, support of in support of bullying actually uh, we've covered that I think last year so there are you can't say certain words in school you can't uh, uh, mention certain things so <coughs> uh, you couldn't say say gay or uh, transgender or whatever because yeah, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Yeah, so it, that's a lot soiled. just to begin with. It's supposed to, I guess, uh, reduce reduce the, the bullying, rate of bullying, but but it also reduces like you can't open a GSA and school right. and yeah, say what? anything about what you do. Um, and Didn't so what it's done is, and yeah. and they've supported uh, students' First Amendment rights mm-hmm. of free speech, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in order to commit bullying. Because that's free speech. So you can talk about whatever you want. You can do whatever you want as long as you're not gay. <laughs> right. Hmm. And that's that's Tennessee. Although Tennessee has some recently also has had a, some um, supportive legislation. But that doesn't bring him back, right? Mm-mm. And um, really, he hadn't really told tragic. his family yeah. that it was going on. He hadn't told uh, – he told his friend at, friends at school, and that's how the – brother found out but he he didn't have anywhere to go other than that apparently well, it's really isolating when you know that those are the that's how it's treated in your area and that's how like if you live in that state and that's and you you feel alone already like thinking that about yourself but the second you 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 know talk about it and it immediately gets such a harsh backlash like that's that's really alienating you know that's well yeah if there's if it's a law a literal law that says you can't use certain words that Mm -hmm. uh identify help identify yourself right that what like who's making these laws well who's (laughs) (laughs) the same people who are arguing for religious freedom Mm -hmm. yeah and i am uh, a person of faith myself and I I hate that I have to keep bringing this up because this doesn't um, this doesn't jive with how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I guess that that would <laughs> by definition I would have to have different views. But um, really, this is well. These are people who are predominantly evangelical Christian, right? And I know evangelical Christians who are accepting and loving. Um, so again, it's not it's not all right, but it is uh, so many. Yeah, and um, and they are seeking protections legally for this, right? They're seeking uh, 
the government to say that they alone can be able to do uh, this discriminatory stuff, not the bullying, that's not discriminatory, that's just evil. But, um, but not serve people, kick people out, uh, fire people. I no, mean, this but is what where in your for. religion does it say that you need to turn people away? Yeah. Like, is what I don't understand about Leviticus. The Leviticus? Well, that's just one of them, but yeah, Leviticus. Well, that's one of them. So, you know, if you go that route, we should just be happy that people aren't stoning us, you know, well, which some people have called for. There are yeah. some preachers recently that have come up who are, it's an older um, idea, but, you know, put them all on an island and nuke it, or just put them all on an island and and let them go, and there won't be any more gay people because they can't procreate with each other. And that's, they what? fundamentally don't understand that people are just, LGBT people are born to cishet people. Mm-hmm. They think it's, um, or or that it's contaminated. You know, it, we're contaminated and we pass that on. Like that's that's kind of a a messed up worldview. So yeah, the whole nurture <laughs> argument, right? Yeah, mm. which is yeah, nonsense. Or, or not even nurture, which that is huge right now. I'm hearing a lot in the trans kid community. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they're not just the nurture thing, but that we're being, um, we're recruiting, right? That old nugget where if, you know, you go to a place where there are open LGBT people and, uh, you speak to them, you might be recruited into the lifestyle. Mm. That was huge. It's the gay agenda. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's what it is. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, for the kids, uh, there's this notion that, you know, the parents are pushing their politics on the kids and making them uh, gay or bi or trans or whatever. And that is ridiculous in the extreme, and there's no evidence for any of that that they can point to. It's just how they feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's, to them, it's a sickness. And they won't be and it was, swayed. It, it literally was mm. in, in written in writing that it was a sickness oh, yeah. until the 70s? For homosexuality, yes, yeah. the 70s. And now um, they're easing back on trans identity as, right. as being an illness and just being a, a variation of human gender identity. Yeah. So just as homosexuality and bisexuality and pansexuality are all just different expressions, different normal expressions of human human sexuality. So I had one preacher uh, contact me a little while ago, apparently still friends on Facebook, and he wanted to know, uh, he he ran a youth group, and he wanted to know if, um, if it was true that the LGBT community was accepting of of uh pedophiles because that was that's in the Whoa. past couple of years that's been a, a thing that's going around that uh pedophilia is a sexuality and that uh the LGBT community is accepting it and promoting it. It's another lie, of course. Um but it's one we have to deal with, right? Mm. And 
it's um unfortunately it's just stereotyping perpetuated you know from those old videos in the 50s that used to literally say you know gay men are pedophiles watch out for them right yeah and that that's um we have to we have to counter these ideas we haven't been doing so great on the um organized uh uh I don't know, delivery of our messages mm-hmm. and of the truth and of our truths. And I think that just happen, has to happen more and yeah. more more vociferously in opposition to their very vocal and uh, within this government, um, not just the state of Indiana, but the federal government, this push for... Um, legal recognition of their message mm-hmm. as being uh, something that we have to take seriously. Yeah. Of course, they would say that about us too, right? But we're not, we're just living our lives. Um, we're not seeking to remove rights from others. Right. Yeah. And that just blows my we mind. We just want equality. Yeah, that yeah. blows my mind. <clears throat> how can, how... How much reverse, like, logic do you have to come up with? to both justify your, yourself and your religion while also like constructing a way to to literally um discriminate yeah you people. don't have to justify it's it's I just mean, so that's crazy. not a it's it's a it's codifying yeah literally but it's, not it's justifying. like literally they, anybody can you know write a law write a bill and um if it appeals to the majority then mm-hmm. there you go yeah so it's just I don't know. I have a lot of problems with that. And I feel like it's a cycle and hopefully we're coming out of it. But I I also, I don't really know. That whole cycle idea thing, I think is an excuse. Yeah. For for like, oh, well, it's, it'll come back. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, I think that's a good way of, yeah. The cycle thing sort of is like a good way of uh, taking away the blame. Yeah. And establishing some order that isn't there. When, you know, moves need to be made um, rather than just assuming that people need change. to speak up and speak out yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. again. You know, it's kind of like the 70s. Yeah, it's exactly like that. We have to really. stand up. You know, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like um, it's happening in a small scale, though. In, in what way? Well, like pride, for instance, has become like what was the first pride in like 2005 or 2006 or something oh in and Bloomington now, in, in the United States no and no it was it was 1970 <laughs> yeah oh well yeah well yeah yeah but um I'm talking about uh like prides as like a like a organiza- more national thing uh, or the organization I guess yeah like and like those celebrations have have uh and that's so, like a good sign, but I guess it's just marketing. That's amazing because coming from yeah. up in Chicago, I mean, we've we've had pride for my life, right? Pride, well, not my whole life, but my aware life, right? And um, and you know, it was big and brash even when it was small because you know, major city. Um, but down here, the the idea that oh, pride's just kind of this new thing that's come up and <laughs> <in the> last <laughs> because it has to filter 
down into the rest of the the nation and has been. And yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that on a uh, personal level, people are a lot more open and people are a lot more aware. You know, parents mm-hmm. are a lot more aware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, there is this core of people who have power and who are trying to codify things. And we we just simply can't allow them to to take we, we don't even have we have the rights as Americans, right? Right. But they're they're seeking to strip us yeah. by yeah. enhancing others. Exactly. People uh, other yeah. people's rights. Mm. And uh wow. It's yeah, it's really all in the legislation mm-hmm. is is what I'm hearing from you. And like Yep. <laughs> well, and it is, and that's that's why we need to it's the law. <clears throat> we need to um, Stonewall Democrats. I'll plug them. Yeah, uh, they seek They're to great. get LGBT candidates right. out there and elected, and um, and also to queer up uh, straight candidates and you know help them see that mm-hmm. uh, helping our communities is just the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that needs to happen more. We need more candidates who are LGBT. We need uh, more people to in, in the legislature to understand that this this is about human rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and real human rights, not something manufactured by Pompeo's yeah. human uh-huh. rights cam- commission. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. Uh, Ooh, that's yeah. It's, I don't know. It's the trip of commercialism. Yeah. Yep. Cool. You should probably <laughs> take a break. Yeah. On um, that note, let's. Um, I guess we'll do community minutes, and yeah. we'll be right back. Do you want to tell us what we'll be back with after the break? Uh, a little bit more in the news, but then we're going to slip into a. Uh, I spoke with the organizers of the um, big gay debutante ball, and. Uh, we will talk about that. Yay. I saw you in the dream, Jordy. I think it must be a good thing. All right, and it is time for our community update. The community calendar is a public service provided by WFHB to the community to inform the community about events going on around town in Bloomington. If you would like to be included on this calendar to post an event to be shared with the community, there is a Gmail account, calendars at wfhb.org. If you could email them one week in advance with your event name, date, time, and the address of the event of the venue to calendars at wfhb.org. Orgy. Anyway, we got some cool events this week. This weekend. And we have on October 5th at 12 p.m. I think it's all day. The Midway Music Festival. And I'm going to read a little bit about it here. There are going to be lots of awesome bands and performers and poets. Andrea Gibson's going to be performing, I think, at the Buskirk Chimley. 
which is really cool. And anyway, they are the Midway Music Festival is a women non-binary um, celebration of music and empowerment. Very cool. Um, and that is all day October fifth. I believe that's Saturday. Um, you could check that out online. We also have on October 5th the LGBTQIA Living History at the Spencer Pride Community Center, 17 East Franklin Street in Spencer, Indiana. Spencer Pride presents Living History. We'll hear from a guy, a gay man who survived the AIDS crisis, a lesbian who was arrested for what she was wearing, and a transgender person who also happens to be intersex. Come learn with us. Questions are encouraged. And that is Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. in Spencer. All right, that about does it for our community calendar. And we'll be right back with more Blooming Out. You adjust. You were just waking up. I had a second I had to wait Here comes the light Shining in Still I can't see your face And we're back. Thank you, Lucas, for that. Oh, yeah. That was Steph Chura, the song, Sweet, Sweet Midnight. And I guess they're playing tonight. Oh, never mind. They're playing next Thursday at the Bishop. Um, we have another piece of news that I wanted to make sure that I slipped in here. And it's uh, disturbing. And uh, it, even in the words of the the law enforcement professionals down in Jacksonville, Florida. Horrific. Um, A trans woman was uh, beaten in her apartment and then dragged outside and tied up by her legs to a minivan and dragged two blocks and uh, cut off and left in the middle of the road. Um, She's still in the hospital with life-threatening injuries and we, we haven't had a name yet so uh, we don't know exactly the backstory on it but this is for Jacksonville last year and this year have been terrible for the trans community and not so much for the rest of the LGBT community specifically there have been a lot of attacks on on trans women and trans women of color I think exclusively yeah so this is there's something not in the water but in the culture and um, people are feeling people are not affording human dignity to trans women Um, a lot of times it's a significant other in Jacksonville uh, there were some last year there were random shootings Mm. uh, or supposedly random shootings of trans women so 
we don't know exactly what's going on out there and um no officials know exactly what's going on it's just terrorism yeah and that terrorism needs to uh stop and it's we're there's no you know way to predict when something like that's going to happen um but really this comes from the culture and mm-hmm. so while we have a lot more support there's also a lot more um anger and um fear mm-hmm. that's going around and it we need to counter that somehow i don't know how i don't yeah. know which communities really need to be focused on yeah. mm-hmm. um but uh we need to come together and figure that out uh because we can't keep losing people like this yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. it it's horrific yeah there's no other word yeah it's yeah okay thanks for that melanie <laughs> thanks um all right so pause just for a sec sorry I really should have written a script. <laughs> Just improv it. Yeah, improv's not me. Actually, improv is my strong suit, but I have to be in the flow, right? <clears throat> okay, next thing up, we have a recording uh, that I was able to do at BAFT, the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater, which is across from the, what's that really tall... Uh, apartment hotel complex thing. The graduate? No. no, that's a different one. No, over by the library. It's right across the street from the Poplars, and it's in the old Red Cross building. Uh, but they've converted the whole thing into this great workspace uh, that is for uh, film and theater uh, classes. And so there's acting. You yeah, I almost took a class there. Um, it got canceled because of lack of en- enrollment, but. Hopefully, I'll be able to take a class there at some point. Yeah, and they're really reasonably reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Um, just wow. you can look them up, uh, BAFT Bloomington, and you'll get all kinds of. I think they have a second round of fall classes that they're doing. Yeah, uh, you can look that up and enroll if you are interested. It's fun. They're they're classes for every age group, uh, kids, teens, and adults, and you don't have to have any experience. Uh, I didn't really know too much about it until my friend Rachel uh, told me, and uh, she's one of the people we're interviewing. Um, but she was, she, she was is very excited about uh, this and all the opportunities that people get. My daughter's really into theater, so I would like to get her enrolled in a few mm-hmm. um, when when time is less of a uh, a problem. So probably for the winter, um, mm-hmm. and that'll be fun. Um, Anyway, we're here to talk about the big gay debutante ball, right? Ooh. Oh, boy. Have that you heard about this? fun. Yeah. I haven't really, but it sounds like a great time. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds like it, too. So it's going to be happening on, at BAFT, and it's on uh, National Coming Out Day. Oh, fun. So uh, get your tickets and, and come. There's uh, 50 spots available. Uh, so get nice. them quick. Yeah. Um, but 
I'll let you listen to more. I I was there with um, Meg Anderson. It's a one woman mm-hmm. show, and uh, this is her story. But it's also uh, participatory. So come ready to have fun, uh, and yeah, take it away. Welcome to WFHB's Blooming Out, and here I am with Meg Anderson and Rachel Himsel. You have something special going on. Well, um, I'm really excited to be producing Meg's one-woman show. It's called Big Gay Debutante Ball, and I've known Meg for a really long time, and uh, she moved away to San Francisco. She left us behind, um, but came back. She's a bloomerang, and um, was so happy to see that she'd bloomerang back, and um, when she told me about the show that she premiered at the San Francisco Queer Solo Fest uh, and said she wanted to do it here, I said, let's do it. And so that's kind of how it got started, and we decided together that National Coming Out Day, October 11th, would be a great day for this show. Um, and I'm just super excited to see it here in Bloomington. I think it's a show that needs to be done, and um, a lot of people are going to enjoy it. It sounds like a lot of fun. Can you tell me more about it? Um, it is a series of vignettes that uh, sort of outline my personal story, but also reach out further into the stories of people I've been talking to um, lately and it's it's been a journey personally uh, the making of the show mm-hmm. and um, there's just so much content that I just couldn't fit in but <laughs> what, what it amounts to is um, music dance theater and um, original music it's going to end in a big gay dance party. Oh, that's... Well, debutante ball sounds... As, so is, With is a disco it, ball, right? Yeah, we're right. working on the disco ball. I think there's going to be a giant disco ball. There has to be a giant there disco ball. There should be, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, is this Just something that... I mean, it's debutante ball. Is this something everybody gets dressed up and comes to? I am hoping that people dress up fabulously. We, we're calling it a rainbow tie event. Aww. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and if you don't have something, we'll actually have some costume pieces on hand. Oh, wow. um, some tiaras and wands as one must have at a ball. Mm-hmm. Hopefully some rainbow sashes. And, yeah. Oh, that's... Yay! I... But definitely bring your sparkles and your gowns or your whatever. Do we have gowns here? This is the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> there are gowns galore at Goodwill. Yes, yes. That was alliteration. I, I was impressed by that, and I feel like you should do advertising for Goodwill. <laughs> Gowns galore at Goodwill. <laughs> Good. Well, there's a new job opportunity. <laughs> so actually, uh, right after the recording, this, um, uh, my daughter is going to, well, we're going to Goodwill to get some uh, clothes for production. So I will be looking for... Uh, something sparkly and and magnificent. They're they're right there, sparkle tastic. Yeah, there's like a whole wall of of gowns. And if not, there's Joanne fabric, right? So you could you could glam up anything you have. Is bedazzling still a thing? It should be. I think. Yeah. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Glue Swarovski to everything. And actually, when you walk in uh, to the show, um, Big Gay Debutante Ball, you'll walk in and kind of walk into a an atmosphere that's kind of like a dance party. So do you want to talk about how, the beginning of it? And- sure. Uh, I got this idea from a show 
um, by a dance company called Fuerza Bruta. Mm-hmm. And they have a show called Look Up. Um, it was on Broadway for a minute. They, you, you literally walked onto the stage and you walked into just a dance club scene. And so before anything starts, you're just like jamming. You're jumping around, dancing. Um, Get the blood way. going. And yeah, and then it is the show. Um, you interrupt the dance party. Oh, but that's I felt clever. like so. I felt so, it was just such a wonderful experience as an audience member to mm-hmm. be able to have experience of physical catharsis viewing. I think because I, I see so many performances where I don't feel like I can be as physically involved and right. responsive, you know. Yeah, you're always um, separated. You're in, you're sitting down or you're, yeah, you know, separated yeah, somehow and yeah. they're doing so, their thing over there. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, I want to integrate that into my work. Immersive. Yes. Fantastic. Immersive. That's yep. so much fun. I produced my first show in 2001. And then uh, that was just a straight up play at the, it was very straight play <laughs> at the uh, Rose Fire Bay. And um, it was my first directing experience. And then I went on to direct the vagina monologues. And yes. then. Yes. And yeah. That was like, oh, okay, that's the kind of powerful work I want to be involved in. And then I met Nell Weatherwax and started doing experimental movement theater and storytelling in mime with her. And that was just magic beyond belief. And then then I, I left in 2005 to go pursue like more dance. But um, when I was in Bloomington before and now, it's what strikes me is how a couple of things, the small town allows creative people to connect with one another and make work. That is just like, has been a joy. Just people actually have time to like sit down together and, and play. Um, Nell's actually helped me with a few of the most fun scenes in this show. And, um, so it's been really wonderful to be back here and remembering how creative this town is. It's such a creative, like wonderful, vibrant town and an intellectual town. And I love that. I didn't know what the LGBTQ scene was back in 2001 because I was trying to be straight. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. But luckily but I you failed. got better. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just pride was just so sweet. Just walking down the road with the flags mm-hmm. just flying. Bloomington has such potential. Um, <laughs> Cheers. So there are other actors in this production? Nope, just me. Just you. <laughs> and you're going to be doing... all about me. No, I'm... Hey, one I person would... shows. In future versions of this thing, I'm very, very excited to weave in more performers and more stories, you know, sort of like the vagina monologues. That's kind of the vision, but oh. it, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The thing is kind of, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's big and gay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know where it's going, but it just has, it has a, a, a big vision attached to it. And yeah, the interweaving of real stories mm-hmm. and the, but this would be hopefully like the people telling their stories. Right. And, um, but, this version is, again, yeah, my story and 
it get it's like concrete and then it kind of goes abstract and but i think there's still a need though for more spaces that encourage it um you know so um i'm really interested in helping local people tell their stories and also uh you know in the future i want to really help women and people of color tell their stories and how they've changed or how, you know, what, what these stories, how they impacted their lives. Um, one thing I want to say that excited me about Meg's show is that she has this vision also of bringing her show to colleges, which I think is mm -hmm. super important. And, and she's such a powerful performer that I was like, I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And then when I got to see the video from the San Francisco Queer Solo Fest, where she got amazing reviews, amazing, amazing, including from the producer, of the entire festival. Wow. Um, you know, I saw the video and I was like, I, I literally wrote her an email. I was like, you're a creative genius. And I just couldn't wait. I can't wait to see this iteration of it. Um, not just having it be here at the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater, but going beyond that and seeing where Meg can take it and, um, you know, and helping other kids come out. It's a constant process of like, you meet a coworker, a new coworker, you meet a new friend it's about you know like always kind of saying yep i'm gay yeah and um and so i think that young people especially need to know that it's okay to come out at that age and or you know whenever they can because i i it's been painful for me to watch my friends just struggle and have to live a lie so i think it's important that her story is really important for that reason to inspire young people and i i really believe that this um the show is going to do that we Absolutely, want, you know, yeah. IU students to come out and experience this and dance with us and, you know, have a good time. And it is National Coming Out Day, so during the dance party at the end, we're going to have a chance for people to come through the closet door and Aww. be celebrated. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I thought that was the surprise, the closet door. Well... I want people to, <laughs> to make sure they dress up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's going to be some cool photo ops, right? And okay. um, you can uh, come out of the closet door. And uh, the staff here at Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater, John Armstrong, Byron, Eric, they've been awesome to work with. And they're helping us with the set, which is going to be pretty minimal. But, but still, it's just nice to have this space that we can use and put up stories like this. And uh, this is actually going to be the first full theatrical production here at the Bloomington oh. Academy of Film and Theater. Yeah. And I think it really says something that the first show is going to be a one-woman show and it's her coming out story. This is the first time I've been here. And Welcome. I, I actually <laughs> really am impressed with the transformation of the building. And it's, it's uh, for those of us who don't know, uh, where is it located at? So we're at 411 East 7th. It's right across from Poplar's. And there is actually parking. Yeah, it's just a great space. There's a black box theater. And then this, we're sitting in the basement right now with on some comfy chairs. And um, it's really colorful. Kind of like the church youth group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the church youth group. We're That's like, but oh, hipper, oh, right? Yeah. But yeah, hipper. hipper. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. the hip youth group center. But, Twinkle um, lights everywhere. Whatever church youth comfy group chairs. really wants to. <laughs> I tried to sort of mention this earlier that there's concrete stories and then there's more abstract stories. Mm -hmm. My parents are actually both very accepting of me, and I Excellent. feel so lucky about that. Um, but I have been talking with friends recently who don't have the same experience, and I have felt, um, I have gotten feedback from folks, especially at the San Francisco show, that, um, especially the song Mama, I Love You, 
but I've got me a body divine and I ain't going to my grave in a straight line is, uh, was, was moving to people. I like that. And yeah. I actually, I told my niece, I was like, I feel a little bad because my mom is totally accepting of my sexual orientation, but this song makes it seem like she might not be. And she goes, my niece said, that's so mean. (laughs) She's 13. But But it does, I think, the parts where I um, talk to the preacher, which in that song is more the sort of, you know, archetypal preacher, or unfortunately the preacher's, that we encounter um, who demonize sex, which I think is the basis for homophobia. I think that sex phobia, fear of sex, fear of life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and fear of the way that that manifests in different bodies and different people is um, all very interrelated. Um so yeah, I'm not talking to my dad in that particular moment, but um <laughs> but yes, he was an Episcopalian preacher and he talks about his leaving the church as a sort of a coming out too. Oh wow. So there's there's a whole whole story about that too. And those stories are complex and those stories are whether or not we have parents who are preachers uh or not. We grow up with these stories. We grow up with these preachers. We grow up with the the results of these preachers, right? The kids and the adults who come out of these churches believing a certain thing because that's what they've been told. And so the inclusion, you don't have to necessarily apologize to your parents for it because we have all faced those people. So it's a, it's a deep thing. When I first started making the show, I, I found my way into comedy pretty quickly um because it like could have gone super tragic i like the the material i was dealing with was just some of the heteronormative things people will say when when they hear that i'm gay or or whatever <laughs> and uh are you sure you're gay mag <laughs> right <laughs> nice well played <laughs> my shoes definitely don't look gay They're your so shoes cute. are she's wearing like the cutest <laughs> shoes right now adorable you should come see the show just to check out meg's costumes yeah these are these are gay shoes because because i'm wearing them Um, these are gay shoes because i'm wearing them but no you're right you're right though something that i'm really enjoying is exploring the comedy about it you know Uh, like i have this joke that i i don't think i have room in in the show to, to add some of these things but um this joke that's like you know Thank you, I'm flattered, but I'm a lesbian. Like, that's okay. Like, <laughs> and, and uh, like, dudes will laugh at that, like, really hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they, and I guess I'm just hoping that we, in or in encountering this tragic news about people discriminating still, and it may be feeling like it's getting even worse. That just, I just love comedy as a mm-hmm. as a tool against that because like when we can all laugh about it it reminds us that we are interested in choosing love and acceptance and yeah 
it's disarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. And my fallback was always, you know, comedy. That was my, I, even today, nothing is serious for me. I just try to uh, meet every obstacle with that looking inside of it and finding the ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And finding the common ground, though, and I think that's what Meg does a really good job of is like sharing her story. And then you realize, oh, I'm not the only one who had those thoughts go through my head or I'm not the only one who felt that way or cried about this and hear about and experience other people's fears and and challenges and their triumphs, too. So I'm I'm just impressed because I think that, first of all, I've never done a one woman show in my life. I don't know that I will because it's a lot to remember. Um, and, uh, but I think that um, it's really brave to go out there just on your own. And we truly need those stories out there. Kids need them. Kids. <laughs> you know, little straight- gay Debbie Tomball. That'll be the next thing. Okay. <laughs> straight people need it too. Amen. Straight people need Amen. it. Our, our allies and people who, who aren't allies need to hear it. It needs to be out there. And brave enough to share your story is a lot of people kind of dismiss that. Oh, getting out there and putting such a important part of yourself out there and being vulnerable is very, I'll use the word heroic. Thank you. So good teachers on that. Yeah. Vulnerability. And that's how we met through No Weatherwax. Like we were both taking her improv movement theater classes. I don't think we were in a class together. But we did some of her back, her legendary backyard parties, and Meg actually, I think, produced the helped produce the first one. And uh, you can definitely see her influence on when Meg performs. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to do a little bit of explanation for the people here in Bloomington who may not know now. Sure. So, uh, who is this person that you are speaking so glowing? About? <laughs> So Nell Weatherwax has been in, active in the arts in Bloomington for decades now. And she's when I met her, she was um, doing a fundraiser for the BPP. She donated her time and all the proceeds from the event went to the BPP, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, she works at IU as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, but I, you know, I think the cool thing is, is that, you know, I took her classes and I'm teaching theater classes for kids now here at BAFT. Um, and. I use a lot of the things that she taught me and um, Meg came in this past summer and taught um, kind of like an intro to mime to some of my kids at summer camp at the Playwrights Project. And um, and it was so cool because I, the, the very kind of basic uh, foundation of it is that we all have stories inside of us and that movement can kind of unlock it. Right. Right. And so that's kind of how Nell comes to her stories and how I think I don't want to talk about your process because I'm not there for it. But I mean, um, it's uh, about letting that story come out through the movement and, um, and then improvising some of it. But then in Meg's case, she's kind of taking the improv scenes and turning them into an actual theatrical, you know, performance. Tickets are going on sale. I don't want to forget that part because that's, uh, it is a ticketed event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the tickets are $20 in advance and you can go to thebaft.org, T-H-E-B-A-F-T.org. And we are a nonprofit. Um, and we actually have sponsorships available too. And I'm just going to read the sponsor. Can I read the sponsorship names? Cause they're so funny. Um, we sure. like, this was some of the like most fun Megan and I had. As we were like planning everything, what should we call these? So, um, you can be a rainbow ally. That's nice, right? Mm-hmm. 
You could be a big gay debutante um, for a hundred bucks. You can be a big gay Disney princess, um, or you could be a fairy gay mother, fairy gay mother, or big gay royalty. And then you're going to get the tiaras, and you'll get six VIP tickets. And um, and actually, uh, all this comes with like a DVD of the show. We're going to be recording it, and Meg is planning to do a workshop with us in the future. And so you'll get a registration to her workshop. And so we're really looking for, you know, people who believe that these stories are important or people who, you know, are um, gay business owners. We'd love for them Mm -hmm. to support the show um, so that we can do more shows like this. And Meg can take this to the campuses and take it to the streets. No, I mean, she's, we don't need to go. Well, we could go to the streets. Take it to the streets. uh, We'd rather take it to New York though, right? I mean, Bloomington first and uh, we'll take it everywhere. Broadway. Yeah. But the streets are, are important. Yes, like yes. And we want to, we, we, we do want to make a point though, and this is important to both me and Meg. Um, no one will be turned away for cost. So if you can't afford the 20 bucks, just send us a message. You can email biggaydebutanteball at gmail.com and, um, just let us know you want a ticket. And, uh, we'd love for you to volunteer if you could, you know, in exchange, but Definitely. we do not we want anyone volunteers. to, yeah, we love volunteers, but don't want anybody to be, you know, dissuaded by the, uh, by the cost. Right. But it's 20 bucks. It's like, you know, dinner and a drink, not even popcorn. So True. You go to a movie. True. Yes, volunteers, I just want to shout out. We have a lot of fun ways for people to get involved, including um, helping people get up dance. Yeah, dance our, leaders. Being our dance ringers, dance mm-hmm. leaders, um, and all kinds of fun stuff, fun ways mm-hmm. to get involved for with volunteering. So just, yeah, biggaydebutantball at gmail.com. I, I think they want you to email biggaydebutantball <laughs> at gmail.com. Perfect. <laughs> or go, and you, and the very exciting thing is actually that you can uh, go to the new website, biggaydebutantball.com as well. The t- so um, you could actually go to either place to get tickets, biggaydebutantball.com or thebaf.org. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I haven't gone to the website yet. It's brand no. new. You'll be like the first I person, I think. I just threw it together. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. No, this is wonderful, and thank you for for coming on and telling your story. And dress up. yes, dress up, dress up, dress yeah. up. We don't get an excuse to dress up that often, you know. So yeah. we're giving you yeah. that excuse to wear your yeah. shiniest, most glittery, fun yeah. dress ever, and or so, tux or whatever you want to wear, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so no, I think I don't know. If closet door surprise or not i, don't, I would love to have all I kinds think of it's surprises a great that, thing to yeah to, you prepare mm-hmm. for it's a it's national coming out day like how often do you get to walk through a fantastic closet door <laughs> walk out of your closet and into a dance party full of bedazzled and smiling allies it's like gay narnia <laughs> <laughs> Can we use that in our promotional materials, Mel? <laughs> gay Narnia, It's like yeah. Gay Narnia, yeah. Mel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mel with Blooming Out says. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> and you meet a horny guy that's kind of hairy on the other side, too. So that's it's just like Narnia. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. This is so quickly yeah. devolved. I love it. Coming up, people have lots of different coming out stories. I know some young folk who have come out and it was like no big deal because yeah. their mm-hmm. parents are yeah. accepting and they're, and there was just like, a, Oh, okay. Yeah. My coming out was really lame, you know? So this is a chance for anybody out there who 
may not have had the the most you know exciting coming out you can get it on video it's going to be don't i can't decide how i feel about that obviously like well they have to buy the video we're we're recording the show so the show the dvd will be her show right um and and then then i don't know about recording that Uh (laughs) you can get the cameras to be a little bit like incognito so you're not like Mm -hmm. trying to get into dance and you haven't really yeah been used to being in your body or whatever front of people and then you look and there's yeah. like a huge camera in your face so yeah i'd like for the cameras to be you know right. visible well and we possible. honestly expect it to sell out so i think that you yeah. know we're gonna have to keep that in mind because the capacity is 50 and so we're selling okay. 50 tickets you know and if we sell out then we, we can talk about you know kind of maybe doing another night a second night because 50 isn't a lot no um, it's not so we're we're hoping to you know um, pack it in and uh, maybe add another show another time and then see what happens in the future because this is, I think, a great way to get started and introduce Meg and Big A W Town Ball to the community, you know, on National Coming Out Day, October 11th, and and then kind of go from there. I'm excited. I think everybody should put this in their calendars and plan on coming out and or to the you know second show if you can't make it to the first. Thanks, Mel. And that's... 7.30, uh, doors open at 7.00. Seven. Mm-hmm. And um, come ready to dance and play and watch a theater piece. I think it's pretty good. And then uh, dance some more. Yeah. We need That's more what of Bloomington's it. about. And we need more of it. We, you know, yeah. We've been through a lot this summer. This has been rough. Yeah, it's been a rough summer. And so I think that we kind of deserve, especially, you know, the LGBTQ community deserves a, a break, a party, you know, another party, you know, after yeah. Pride. Um, we, deserve we deserve more. Deserve a party every yeah. day. I, exactly. As many as we can pack in. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and it is, it's the month of October. It's time to be out and be proud and, and celebrate the cool weather and just being able to be not sweating through everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, thank you for coming. And thank you for uh, having us. Part of this. Mel. And we're back. Thank you, Melanie, for doing that. That was a great interview. It was really fun. It sounds like a great time. Yeah. So remember, that's on October 11th, National Coming Out Day. And uh, it's at the BAFT, the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater, which mm-hmm. is located at 411 East 7th Street. And uh, come wearing all your fancy clothes. Awesome. So, yay. It looks like we're out of time. Thanks for a great show, everyone. And thanks to the listeners out there and all the volunteers at WFHB to make this show possible. Blooming Out is produced by Melanie Davis and Ireland Meacham. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. And I'm Melanie Davis. Remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family. You were just listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. To hear more episodes of the show, please visit www.wfhb.org and click Blooming Out under the Public Affairs tab. Blooming Out is produced by and for the LGBTIQA community. To inquire about the show or to book a guest interview or to just chat, please email us at bloomingout at wfhb.org. <laughs>